the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you're downloading that. We'll pass out some Ozzy tickets. That show in September at Blossom. Ozzy's coming back. Uh, we'll pass out those tickets around 7.30. We'll get you into the charge game on the 21st at 8.30 and then at 9 o'clock. We'll get you out of the cold, send you to Los Angeles. Trip for two for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll also uh, help you figure out the perfect opening line in an online dating conversation. We'll do that today. Talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. And introduce you to a father that thinks practical jokes are still a good idea at the airport. We'll do that in a little while as well. Joined every day by Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I yeah. uh, I spent most of the weekend hating you. <laughs> I, uh, spent most of your life hating me. I, uh, most of the not as much years. as this weekend. Okay. So Fantone works very, very, very closely with an organization here in Canton, Ohio, known as Project Rebuild. Mm-hmm. A, uh, they help at-risk youth. Kind of get them right, right back on the right track, teach them some like you know job interviewing skills, those kinds of things. Here's how to beef up your resume, that kind of thing. So uh, you know they you know just kind of help usher them into you know responsible adulthood. Yeah, I mean I think you know a lot of Good people program. a lot of people make the assumption that like oh pff, well I did this and it's like yeah but you did this because you had somebody teach you how to do it. You right. know if my dad wouldn't have told me to get out of bed, I wasn't getting out of bed. This if, entire show is based around what my dad taught me. In right, life. right, right, right. <laughs> the if, entire if, show. If my dad didn't teach me to be on time, you know what I'm saying? If somebody's not there, Therefore, you teaching you these things like project, project rebuild kind of steps in there and, 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 and gives, you know, students work skills, life skills, those different things. So, yeah, a great organization. Very proud to be a part of it. And so uh, we were looking to help raise some money for them and uh, and, and for and, and for, you know, causes like this. And apparently there was this Jackson polar bear plunge thing that happens every year. Yeah. The annual. The annual. Uh, yeah, uh, I did my one. I, uh, <laughs> and we over the weekend took part in this. And we did this. And I, uh, I had forgotten Saturday morning when I first woke up that I had agreed to do it. <laughs> forgotten. He had forgotten. Okay. And, then, and then, like, I got my cup of coffee and I was walking through the apartment and I was like, oh my God, at 2.30 this afternoon, I have to jump into a lake full of like ice cold water, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have to do this. And I just got pissed. And, like, <laughs> and I was up early, too. Like, I went to bed really early Friday night. So I was, it was like 5.30 in the morning. I'm standing at my kitchen counter with a cup of coffee in my hand. And I just started to get mad. Like, and I was like, dude, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like, this is helping other people. This is doing good for the community. And yet here you are, even while you're trying to do something to help somebody else, it's all about you. <laughs> and you're just going to nail yourself to this cross all afternoon in your apartment, feeling bad for yourself. God damn it. I can't believe I got to do this. Meanwhile, dude, the whole thing's going to take less than 30 minutes. And you, I mean, dude, the ang- I was holding that coffee mug. Ceramic, dude, almost crushed it in my hands. Now, you have to remember here that, you know, as I'm closely associated with this group, they asked me and they were like, yo, Fantone, do you want to do this? You know, you're going to be able to shine some light on this. You're going to be able to, you know, uh, at least get the word out for us. So I was like, yeah, you know, I I work with this group, so I felt kind of responsible for it. I was just telling Stansberry about it. Hey, I'm doing this. And he's like, you know what? I'm in. 
I'm doing it too. And I was like, what? I never asked you. I never requested it. I never even pressured you. I never even like dropped a hint of like, oh yeah, maybe you want to do this too. Sansbury's just like, no, I'm going to do it. And then when he has to do it, piss off at the world for it. So I think this tells you a lot about who Fantone is. You know what I mean? Because I tell him that. And instead of asking me if I'm doing all right and checking to see if I'm okay, he just turns around, picks out his phone and says, yeah, fat boy says he'll do it. There was no like questioning whether or not I had fallen down, hit my head, if I was feeling all right or not. Nope, 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 nope. Just did it. Now, of course, I can't do the good without, you know, complaining about it, so let me complain about it. All right. I'm going to complain about it. First, I wasn't sure if my joke of telling the two kids you brought from Project Rebuild, you guys better not get arrested or I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was going to fly or not. Turned out both of them had a pretty decent sense of humor about that. No, both those dudes, great guys. Khalil and CJ both took the plunge with us and yeah. uh, happy to have them on board. Yeah, they were fun. And so here's my issue with the Jackson Polar Plunge, okay? And uh, for all you dicks who thought I was going to have cardiac arrest, sorry (laughs) to disappoint you. Sorry. No, I'm here. I'm fine. I didn't die, right? So there's that. Um, I have traditionally seen this done many, many times. I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos on it. And I have traditionally seen it done as if, or... You're standing on a dock, run off the dock, jump into the water, right? And when we get there, that was not necessarily, you know, this situation. You're standing on flat level ground and you run into the water. Now, for those of you that have never thought about attempting one of those, that may not sound like all that big of a deal to you, okay? But to me, I thought... I'm going to try to stop 260 pounds of pure, like, like you know, lard, like, and I'm going to get ankle deep in this water, and my body's going to go, no, and I'm going to, you know, twist ankles and fall. At least with the dock situation there, once you've hit the point of, I've jumped, you're fully committed. You're right. When you're, you're going, in. When you're going through the beach, when, you know, I mean, when, when you're trying to run into it, there's plenty of time for you to, you know, uh, make a 180 and about face there. So we do have some videos. A little bit, not a ton of it. Um, it is. I, I did tweet it out. I retweeted somebody out. I'm gonna try to get that, and we'll put it. it we'll, we'll try to find a way where we can do it on Facebook form so you can see it. Um, because one thing did happen, and I have not been called out for it as of yet. Okay. So I'm going to. I'm gonna wrap myself out. Okay. So I kind of went in the second wave of Project Rebuild people. So technically, I'm standing behind Fantone as we're running into the water. Okay. I run into the water and I see tall guy like actually puts his arms out, supermans it, goes underneath, <laughs> dunks his whole head on. Not me. <laughs> I knew it, dude. Not I me. knew it. My girlfriend said, she said, she's like, look at Dan. She's like, watch Dan right here. And, I, and so I ran into the water. <laughs> I kind of limp at the waist there. I got all the way up to like almost the neck wet. And I was like, nah, I'm not going. <laughs> nah, I'm not doing it. And I turned around and then I got out and then I bitched for about four hours straight about the fact that I had to do it. Spent all weekend being mad about it. Came in here, bitch, for about 15 minutes about the fact that I had to do it. Um, well, nonetheless, it was greatly appreciated. Uh, not only did, uh, you know, obviously Project Rebuild benefit from this because, you know, they made some money and were able to do that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, like I said, both those students were super excited to meet you. CJ's like, man, I know that voice. He's like, dude, is, is, is that Yeah, as soon right? as I started talking, he started turning around. I was like, dude, who else did you think I was? And I'm like, dude, I'm on the show, too. I'm literally here at Project Rebuild every week. And he's like, I don't care about you. Because like, they see you every week. Right. He's like, Stansberry's right here. And I'm like, I, dude, I'm right here too. So the one kid, I and I, 
The one he had his hair like braided back. Yeah, it was CJ. Okay, yeah. all right. I, I forgot their names. So CJ, dude, is a big kid. Like he's not little. Like he's tall. Look, you know what I mean. And so I said to him, I was like, dude, I'm doing this. I'm jumping in this water for you. If you get arrested, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm gonna beat you. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, he could have been an instructor, and that might have been really insensitive. What you just said. <laughs> he, he totally could beat your ass, dude. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, to right. Like, I know, but I was like, no, dude, dude. If I'm risking this, you better not find yourself in trouble later in life. You know, it's a it's a great cause. I'm glad I did it. I really, all joking aside, I don't think I would do that again. I don't feel like, if somebody asked me, if Project Rebuild next year is like, yo, dude, do you want to do it again? I'm probably going to feel obligated to, but now that I've done it, I don't feel like like obligated, or I don't feel like I want to do it there again. There were people telling me all last week, oh, do you want you to do it? You'll, it it's like this weird thing, you're going to want to do it again, and I was like, mm. <laughs> Did you, what do you think the worst part was? Like, what was like uh, the thing where you were like, oh, that sucks. The anticipation of it was yeah. worse than actually doing it, for sure. Like, once you get out, you're like, all right, it's bad. It's not as bad as I thought. Like, I saw people getting out of the water who went before us, and it didn't look like they wanted to die. Right. So I was a little bit like, okay, I've been making this so bad in my mind for three days that it's going to suck, but it's probably not going to be that bad. The uh, the advice that I would give myself for next year, or if I ever do this again, is like, wear water shoes. Standing there barefoot, like, on oh. that concrete, Dude, when I took my shoes out, off, that was terrible. When I took my shoes off, and there was like a little bit of, it was like rain that day. I mean, there was a lot of rain. So there was like mud, and I felt how cold the mud was. I was like, dude, that's cold. When I uh, when I got home and like took a shower, like my feet hurt. Like my feet, mm-hmm. I felt like it was like, oh, and like the water wasn't that hot. I knew I was like, dude, you're freezing cold. Like you need to not take a super hot shower. But like, man, my toes were like, like hurting. Yeah, man. no, my feet hurt, honestly. And I had a headache for a good portion of the day after I did it. It, uh, it all, all worth it, though. All worth it. Not as bad as I thought. I, I'll say that. Not as bad as I thought. No, I make things really awful in my mind, like really, really bad. So I don't think it was quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. But again, I will write a check next year. I will sponsor three kids, Project Rebuild. I'll print. I'll write their resumes in my blood before I would jump into a freezing lake ever again. 7.30, we'll pass out a pair of tickets to check out Ozzy at a Blossom in September. And Fantone's Cavaliers looked energized yesterday. We'll break that down for you next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9 at 730. We'll pass out some beat the box office tickets to check out Ozzy Osbourne and Stone Sour. September at Blossom. We'll pass those out. Is this Ozzy's last run or something? I keep I, hearing rumors. or I think I, he did. I, I okay. think they did announce. Like, okay. I think it's the no more. Wait okay. for it. Tours. Oh, okay. No more tours. No more tours. I get it. I believe that's uh, I believe that's what's happening. There. All right. We open the show talking about uh, the Jackson Polar Plunge. We both did it the other day to benefit Project Rebuild. We have uh, got the video. It is online now for you at facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. And in it, you can see <laughs> Fantone's like walking in front of me, jumps, goes right in. I go in behind him. And as his head goes underneath the water, you could just watch my big fat body just pull up and go, nope, nope. These hairs on this head shall not go underneath the water. Nope, I just stopped right there. You can see it. It's really looking like a bobber out there. Just just stop it. My red swim trunks, black t-shirt, was not going shirtless, didn't do it. Was not going to do it. I mean, I said all last week. But if I go into the water, a body of water, shirtless, I'm worried they're going to make me stay there and live in there. 
I, uh, I uh, did not enjoy that. I um, I feel like I was like, dude, you're getting old and you're getting fat talking to myself here. And I was like, dude, you know, maybe you should pull a stance where you go, go with the shirt on in there. But after watching that video, I'm like, all right, dude, if this is you old and fat, so be it. Who cares? Like, what do I? I'm 35, four years old at this point. What do I care if dudes are like, oh, man. Look at you with the shirt well, off over there. Now, the good thing for you, dude, is that you're in a relationship. Right. You know what I mean? You right. live with your girlfriend. This is probably it. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yes, yes. I mean, yes. you know what I mean? So at that point, it's like the two of you might as well just plump up and just be done. Just be fat and <laughs> happy does, the rest does, of our lives. I mean, dude, welcome to Star County, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, what are we doing? Had you guys <laughs> met in Jackson High School, that's literally everybody's story. That's literally the whole story. You know what I mean? So this guy, Chuck, writes in and goes, all right, dude, you may have pulled up. On the entry, he's like, but you were the last one out. And he's trying to give me credit. No, dude, I'm just slow. Like, yeah, I wanted to be, dude, in my mind, I beat every single one of those people out. You see CJ go in, like like Stansbury said, uh, the, the bigger black kid in the video. Yeah. He goes in and he flies out. You you go in and it's like the turn of the Titanic around. It takes a little bit of time there. <laughs> Phantom just finding out that athleticism may be, you know, one of those one of those things there. Just, you know, let's not get myself in any trouble. No, no. Let's talk, let's talk about professional athleticism. Because, yeah. dude, you're Cavaliers. As a guy who was critical, not critical on the trades, I just felt like, you know what, these trades were probably positive. I just don't know if they end up meaning a national championship for you at the end of the year. It was pretty much my point over, the, you know, on Friday. You know, I was a little, just a little softer on them than everybody else. Now, I will point out. That Isaiah Thomas balled out in his first game as a Cavalier and also his first game as a Laker. So you got to take one game and just kind of digest it and realize that it was only the one game, but ultimately that it did look good. And what I will say, I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, as a matter of fact, not all that much of it at all. But I, you know, Twitter shows you enough videos now these days that I will say LeBron looking like he's having fun is a fun thing to watch on television. Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned this a week or two ago when we talked to Munch that basketball is just a game of joy. It is. It's different than the other sports where I think that football, much more game of violence. Uh, baseball, probably a little bit more of a cerebral game, a game, of, a game of thoughts, a game of like of, of, of circumstance. Basketball is a game of joy to me. and It's because one person can dominate it, and, I think. And, it, and it, it's just, it's fast-paced and it's moving and there's action and there's tons of scoring and there's just, I mean, just the things, and that's the reason I love the game. Like that's that's the thing to me that that really makes it like Those my, are positives. my favorite sport. Is but you could just see it yesterday and all day. Much like you were worried about the the Jackson Polar plunge, I was worried about yesterday. There was a point I said to my girlfriend, "I'm like, I'm not even going to watch it." I mean, you know, I, was, I was like, "We're just going to watch the Olympics." I thought about you. Yesterday. I was like, I was like, "We're just going to watch the Olympics." I don't want to watch this because I was terrified the Cavaliers were going to get trounced. Right. Terrified of it, dude. Like this is the first time that these four new guys are coming in here. Um, I mean, that's a lot of new pieces. You're walking into the garden. You know, it's Paul Pierce night. There, there's a million... Which was dumb on their part. There's a million different reasons that should have went wrong yesterday. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the basketball god smiling on Northeast Ohio. I don't know if this was foreshadowing what was going to happen in the future. But I do know that it felt great yesterday. Do I think it guarantees anything? No. That game yesterday means nothing in the big picture. You're more level-headed. Man, oh man, did that feel good. You're more level-headed than most Cavaliers fans. I um, Because most people are like, See, I mean, dude, the amount of hate I took yesterday because of how good they looked. I mean, you would think that they won the national championship yesterday. To me, I, again, and not to be the naysayer, okay? And everybody thinks I'm negative and I don't like anything in this and that. To me, because it is a, such a singular game, meaning I think one person can dominate an NBA game, that there was a little bit of, 
where I wondered, like, how much of this is like LeBron just going, well, I want us to win because it's Paul Pierce night and I hate Kyrie Irving and it's the Cavs and I got my way because we got rid of guys I didn't want anymore and now we got new blood in here. So now we're just going to play this well. Like, it just seems to me like, it could it be that easy? Now, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily that easy game one with new but dudes. But his attitude. I, mean, I think, right, like, I'm asking a question here. I'm not making a statement. Is it possible that well, before the trades, that if he would have just had maybe the same attitude towards like that he had yesterday in that Celtics game, could there have been more of that? And was he being a little... Pissy bringing the mood of the room down, and Isaiah Thomas was taking a lot of heat for that. Can you have the same attitude in different circumstances, I guess? Like, when the situation changes, of course your attitude's going to change. That is true. So, like... And, uh, dude, toxic people are toxic. Like, that's one of those things where that's not hyperbole. Like, a lot of you have been in relationships with bad people. It brings you down. Like, you just... Like, famously, I did it during the run of this show, and your attitude and every... Your outlook and everything is just different when some Somebody is just like a succubus on you. And so I understand that, that that could be. But there was a little bit of me yesterday was like, was this about you pouting for a few weeks to get what you wanted? And now all of a sudden, here you come. But what does not back that is if you go back and look at the box scores, he was having great games. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like LeBron was never not playing well. Um, uh, Want to uh, shout out uh, two-way Canton Charge, Cleveland Cavaliers player John Holland for getting yeah. some minutes yesterday. And yeah. that's just good. I mean, it was a blowout, so he got his minutes. And I, I was happy to see that. Um, um, but as far as far as as LeBron goes and kind of how it all it all works with him, I saw somebody tweet this thought yesterday, and I wish I could remember who it was. Um, but one of the ironies of LeBron James and and the concept of super teams is that LeBron thinks that he needed a super team when really all you needed was one dude who could go out there, uh, one one other all star on your team, somebody like a Kevin Love who can go out there and score twenty and ten and can and can stretch the floor, and then a bunch of young athletic players who play defense, get up and down, and give you the ability to. Shoot the three, and now it's like, oh, now this all exists, and it's like maybe not exactly the super team that people were looking for, but the team that most complements LeBron and his style. Because like George Hill yesterday, like good God, did that look good? Like those two together, when they start playing pick and roll, and when they start really learning each other, George Hill's not a flashy guy, but like he's going to be able to like compliment LeBron to the utmost right there. I feel the same way about Larry Nance, where it's like, dude, his style, the ability for him to go out there and have the freedom to play the way he wants yeah. to play because LeBron opens it up, like that's that's great. I would love to see the Larry Nance Jr. thing turn into like a real Cleveland thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. given the history with his dad and like that whole thing, kid from here, like I would love for that to turn into like a huge thing. The fact that Akron, you know, has has LeBron and Steph Curry both born there, and now Larry Nance Jr. Like most cities, Akron size do not have like that to say. Like, dude, look at all these NBA studs we have true. coming out of here. That's you true. know what I mean? Um, but but how long until Larry Nance Jr. slinging Roman burgers? Not too long, I can't imagine. <laughs> Like, right, I mean, like, right. He's going to be the guy. has to be the guy. I hate that. You know what I mean? Like, I, dude, I like the Roman. <laughs> Why is it Stansberry the guy? Why, Why are not the guy? We actually have a, uh, we have a little piece of LeBron actually after the game talking about his new teammates. Let's take a listen. Attention to uh, details tonight. Was that, a, was that an all-time high for the first time this season? We got some players that can go out and, and get their own. Um, that's pretty smart. And they picked it up, uh, you know, like they've been here all year. So it's still going to take a little time, even though this was an impressive win on the road. Uh, but we, that's a good start. 
There's LeBron. You could tell yesterday, I mean, he would just look like he was having fun. Even on the bench, just huge smiles on his faces. You know, um, actually, as a matter of fact, a listener of ours reached out to me and asked me this. Mike actually tweeted and said, and I did not know this, but LeBron only played 28 minutes last night. Wow. So, like, that's another thing where, dude, if you can play like this, win like that, and LeBron doesn't have to play, like, every minute of the game, that will benefit you down the stretch for sure. I mean, there's a lot of minutes on those legs, man. I mean, he's played a ton of NBA minutes, and, dude, you throw the Olympics in and all that stuff. God, I mean, that guy's done enough. So, yeah, I mean, that that will be important. Be interesting to see how the rest of this season goes. A dad pulled a prank on his son at one of the worst places you could do. It. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. When you way into the Ozzy Show. That's uh, in September at Blossom. You'll beat the box office this morning at 7.30. Stone Sour part of that show as well. What a good night. Yeah, it is that's a good gonna night. Be, That's going to be a good one. I'm going to that for sure. Big Ozzy fan. At 7.30, we'll pass those tickets out. If you have not seen the video of Fantone and myself doing the Polar Plunge, it can be seen online at facebook.com slash Stansberry Show. You should probably like that page and stay up to date on things we're doing during the program anyway. Right. Probably do that. Also, 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I cannot believe this next story happened, first of all, anymore, and that it was laughed off. I can't believe that. And there's a little bit of me that is finding a little bit of hope in that. That maybe, just maybe, we are going to reverse this ultra-seriousness, there's no room for joking around about things anymore thing. As a matter of fact, before the show, I said to Fantone, I said, like, dude, like this ultra, like, you know, just high alert culture that's going on right now is just, it's starting to get a, a little... Dude, it's just tiring for me that that a little bit more laughter and things that we're doing would be a lot better. And I'm not just talking about the show. I'm just talking about us as people. Like there just is like everybody's just like angry right now. And I'm looking for some relief in that. But I cannot believe this is where it happened. Where a guy from New Orleans was traveling with his son and he stuffed a 12 inch sex toy in his son's carry on luggage. And also with what they're calling a pot of lubrication. Now, I think that that's probably some language barrier stuff. As I'm getting this from a uh, from like a Britain newspaper, and so like my guess is is like it was like a container full, maybe a bucket of lube there. That seems like a lot for a carry on. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was a little like, well, you know, like a little. Apparently, the airport worker could not hide her smile when she lifted the dildo out of the luggage. Dad then posted the uh, the footage on Facebook in uh, with the caption: "When you plant a twelve inch dildo in lube in your son's carry on, you know hashtag priceless." Jeez, he started filming his son and waited for the female member of security staff to discover the rogue sex toy. She pulls out a neck cushion and then like you know a transparent bag used for like you know your liquids and that stuff, and that's when the son spotted the sex toy for the first time. He obviously gets embarrassed as anybody would who did not pack a sex toy into their luggage. Right. Has, you know, a look of embarrassment on his face and what else are you going to look like, yeah. right? I mean, it's a foot-long penis, too. It's not like we're talking about, like, a discreet vibrator or something like that. Like, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's a King Kong double dong, but it's certainly a King Konger. It's, it's a pretty footer. Big. It's a footer we're talking about yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, the group Jeez. behind him obviously start cracking up and that's when the airport worker starts to lose it a little bit. You know, everybody starts, you know, laughter's infectious. That's the way it works. And uh, she then looks at him and says, you didn't even know what was in your bag. 
He eventually turns to his dad and like kind of like, you know, swears at him or whatever. And then, you know, they kind of come in and like kind of give up the gag. I cannot believe that in 2018 there is sense of humor at TSA in the airport. I mean, one of the questions they ask you is, did you pack your own materials? Did yeah. anything? I mean, dude, like, so you, the dad, leave the son out of it. You, the dad, packed something knowingly in somebody else's luggage. Like, I can't believe that alone didn't turn into handcuffs and we're questioning you. What are you doing? This is not the place for pranks. Uh, there, There is a little bit of me that's like, well, yeah, I see that point. I really do when it comes to like if you're if, if you're if you're packing other people's bags, if you're trying to do that. That's a problem. I see how TSA has an issue with that. Sure. Like uh, if it was anything else, you probably would have been. But the fact that it was like a, a you sex know, toy. Right. And especially like a comically oversized, you know, essentially the rubber chicken of sex toys right there. <laughs> right. I mean, like the, the fact that it yes. was that. I mean, I guess maybe like, yes. like now I, when I first heard of this, I thought the issue was going to be that it was vibrating and they thought it was a bomb or something. They thought it yeah. was some sort of an explosive and that I could see being a problem. Like if you intentionally put something in someone else's bag that was meant to alert TSA issue or TSA agents that there's a, a potential explosive. But the fact that it's not a vibrator, the fact that it was just a, a giant, you know, a rubber one, essentially, that I guess makes it different in my mind. I got to tell you, there's also part of me that I can find this funny sitting at my computer while I'm at work. Put me in line behind this guy waiting to get on the plane, though. And I'm having a completely different reaction to this. And I'm going to be mad about the fact that now the TSA line, which already takes, uh, you know, depending on where you're flying out of. Akron Canton's actually really great. It's actually super fast there. But you fly out of, like, some other airports. It can be a nightmare. And I've flown out of New Orleans where I'm pretty sure where this was generated at. And, dude, that airport, dude, it can just be tough. If I was stuck behind you in line, I would hate this. I looked for some information on this, and I Googled Dildo Airport. And don't, I'm just telling you guys right now, don't Google that, okay? Okay, here's, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. On the other side, you'll have two and a half minutes of Purple Haze by Jimmy Hendrix to Google Dildo Airport. And we'll re, you know, we'll, we'll come together as a class next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll pass out these tickets to see Ozzy and uh, Stone Sour. That's out of Blossom in September. These will be the box office tickets. And coming up at 8, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get his take on the, uh, the new look, Cleveland Cavaliers, who did look energized yesterday, man. Spoiled that night for Paul Pierce, that whole thing. Which, why would you schedule a celebration for one of your all-time players for your franchise on a night that's a nationally televised game against the best player still in the NBA. Like, I understand that, like, dude, dude, dude that if you topple them, it's amazing. But that's a big if. Yeah, I when, mean, it could be a sweet, you know, reward, but at the same time, it's a like, big if. yeah. The thing is, I don't know when they made the schedule, but uh. I probably would have called the audible on that. Like, guys, somewhere along the line, you're playing the Hawks. Like, do it that <laughs> game, right? Exactly. The Kings are coming to town at some point, right? Eventually. What are we doing? Right. Yeah. I, that's what that's what I would have done. That's just me, though. Fantone and I both took the Polar Plunge, the Jackson Polar Plunge. We did it uh, over the weekend. That video is online for you, facebook.com 
slash Stansberry Show. Now, I bring this up because we've been patting ourselves on the back all morning. But in reality, there was another morning show that's, uh, that's based here in this building that did a really positive thing. Uh, at the end of last week, and it went all weekend long from my understanding, and that's our good buddy Keith Kennedy, who we constantly give grief to. Yeah. Uh, but he and Tony host mornings there at 98.1 WKDD, and uh, they do their radiothon to benefit Akron Children's Hospital. And if I'm reading this total right, when I'm getting it from KDD's Twitter, so I'm assuming that I am, that they raised $657,405, something like that. Like $658,000 was raised to benefit the Akron Children's Hospital. That's an incredible thing. That is a lot of money. Yeah, dude, it's, 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 it's a huge difference maker. And the Akron Children's Hospital is an organization in Northeast Ohio that deserves it, man. They really do make a huge difference in this area. Um, the hospitals in Northeast Ohio, something we all overlook all the time, but especially if you have yeah. a sick kid, man, I mean, oh, to God. have that in your backyard, sure. like what, 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 a, what a blessing that is. And I Northeast mean, Ohio gets really lucky like that. Oh. Dude. You got the clinic and then you got Akron Children. I mean, dude, there's a, I mean, Rainbow up there. You got Akron right. Children down here. Like, dude, if you're a parent, you are kind of sandwiched, but between some great hospitals and stuff. No question about it. So uh, I'm glad they were able to do that. And and this is one of those things. And don't get me wrong. Stansberry and I have plenty of gripes on the side of this where it's like, dude, radio can't do anything right. Radio can do that right. And they do it. Yeah, that, they, do, they, do. they do that right often. Yeah. So like, you know, a little tip of the hat to w, uh, 981 WKDD. Yeah, there. Chubbs did a good one. A little chubby action going <laughs> he on. He did a good one. We have to we have to give credit where credit is good due. Job, um, there's no proper way to transition <laughs> into what we're about to talk about now. There's there's no good way to do it. Um, we do have a piece of audio. Uh, this is from the NBC4 affiliate in Columbus. For those of you um, who may be unaware, a uh, two Westerville cops lost their lives in the line of duty the other day. And again, we have a piece of audio from NBC4, their Columbus affiliate. And we'll take a listen right now. 39-year-old officer Eric Joring and 54-year-old officer Anthony Morelli are being remembered tonight for their service and their bravery. The two are being called heroes after being shot and killed, responding to a potential domestic situation this morning in a Westerville neighborhood just before noon. Sean Lanier begins our team coverage tonight with new information about what led up to the shooting police say was an ambush. Sean. Well, Katie, we just learned the name of the shooter. His name is Quentin Smith. We learned that about 30 minutes ago. Now, here in the community of Westerville, a lot of heavy hearts. I want to show you there's been a steady stream of people dropping off these flowers and candles, balloons, flags, all to support and remember those lives lost. Now, radio traffic from dispatchers and officers, along with a 911 caller, giving us a better sense of what was going on. Hang up. This is how it all began. On the first call had a female crying and then they disconnected. Officers were sent to this home on Crosswind Drive and entered the apartment before chaos broke out. We got shots fired. Shots fired, two officers shot. Soon after, a frantic call from a woman who claims to be the wife of the shooter. 911, what's your emergency? Please help, please help, please help. What's wrong? Tell me what's going on. Okay, where's your husband? Okay, where's your husband? Okay, there's a one year old in the house with your husband. Yes. Terrifying. And we are still waiting more information on what happened. We just were told that inside City Hall, the police chief here in West.
Westerville addressed his officers and told him, told them that this was the time that they should lean on each other, watch each other's back, and be here to support one another. The last, the next update will be tomorrow at 9. Hopefully we'll be able to get some more information and clarification into what happened. Uh, but right now, a lot of heavy hearts here in Westerville. Local for you in Westerville, Sean Lanier, NBC4. Now, um, some of you may have heard by now that one of the officers, Anthony Morelli, was a graduate of uh, Massillon High School in 1982, played for the Tigers there. Um, he and Eric Joring both lost their life in the line of duty. I have heard that since this has happened, that the local police department down there has received harassment phone calls, and they are reporting that there are a lot of fake GoFundMes out there already, people trying to capitalize off of this. Now, we found a GoFundMe account that was linked into the News Channel 5 story here, our local ABC affiliate here, and I took the link for a GoFundMe from their official story. So I feel comfortable in that being legit because it's from the Fraternal Order of Police right. and News Channel 5 had, had put that out. We've posted that for you at Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. So if you feel inclined to donate, you can do that there. Coach Nate Moore from uh, Maslin tweeted this out. Please keep the family of Officer Anthony Morelli in your thoughts and prayers. The 1982 uh, Washington High School graduate and former Maslin Tiger defensive end was killed in the line of duty responding to a potential domestic violence 911 call. Hashtag RIP. Hashtag TIG. That was obviously shared multiple times through that. This being, um, you know, felt and rippled through the community here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's... Sometimes people will use, you know, local tie-ins and news will use local tie-ins to kind of exploit a story where this is, no, I'm sure people in Maslin feel a very real tie to this, where it's like this guy, you know, when once yeah. a tiger, always a tiger. So, like, I'm sure that very much in Maslin, this is, you know, across the country, it should be a sad day, but I mean, I'm very much so in Tiger Town. Yeah, this was a, um, this was a sad thing. Like, when I, when I read about that, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a very difficult job. Yeah. And that uh, and that violence comes with it, but nothing can ever really, you know, brace you for that. And multiple families now are affected over this, and they feel as if from things. Some of the things I read this morning that um, the police department down there feels as if this was done purposely, like they were called there on purpose as an ambush, and that that he was looking to do this. So I don't know if it was just, you know, this is a problem with authority, or if it happened to be one or two of the cops that he, that he had an issue with. We don't know that yet. Again, more info is supposed to be released to the public around 9 a.m. this morning. If we get any of that, we'll be sure to pass it on to you before we head out of here for the day. But our thoughts and prayers are obviously with everybody in the community and with, uh, you know, the members of the community who... Um, were close with Anthony or knew him or and or related to him. There's really nothing else to say about it other than that. It's just one of those senseless things that happen to happen. Your shot at Ozzy Osbourne tickets is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. About to pass out these Ozzy Osbourne tickets. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you will need. Just give us a few minutes on that. You can hear Ozzy and pretty much everything he's ever recorded on iHeartRadio. Make sure you download that free app. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations inside one app. There's also a 24-7 Stansberry Show channel on iHeart. You thumb songs up or down, and then we go to work. Programming that station and your mind. We'll program that station to fit your uh, your desires there. So if you're a Rage Against the Machine fan, you'll get a ton of it. 
whatever your favorite thing is, all your favorite uh, you know artists and stations, all found one place. iHeartRadio. Download the free app today. Yeah, I bet Ozzy Radio be pretty good, right? Ozman sounds like him. I bet you have pretty good, pretty yeah. good station right there. Not the worst, probably. No, all right. Probably not the worst there. And again, that show September, Ozzy at Blossom will get you in. Stone Sour part of that as well. Yeah, I might want to go to that too, dude. Dude, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. I might want to go to that too. Dude, Ozzy's pretty good. Yeah. Dude, think about this. It was 25 years ago. He had a show on TV. People thought he couldn't talk. Right. The guy's going to tour this year, right. make a billion dollars. Yeah, God, dude. I'm remembering those OzFests I went to as a teenager and looking at him and being like, God, you're so old, dude. You're so old. The one was really good. Was it 96 when it was like Tool, Dinosaur Jr., Ozzy? Like, there were so many good bands on that. Yeah, that had its run, dude. I mean, back in the day when those touring, you know, acts, you know, when it was, it was, you know, every fest, this fest, sure. that fest, Ozfest, dude, that really was, man. It had a good decade run there. I mean, outside of Lollapalooza, like that's really what kicked those into gear, right? Feels like it. Feels like it. It feels like that's like who, like, kind of started that trend. I know, I know, hippies, Woodstock, we got it. Like we, Altamont. No, I, I know, right, I know, I, up, I understand that there, there were a group of bands that played all in one place before, but like Ozzy, like the Oz, like the fests, yeah. it does seem like you know he was the starting pistol of said things. Fantone has worked in how many restaurants? A million, dude. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even. It would take me a while to count them all. Fifteen, twenty plus, I would say. Okay, fifteen's a good enough number for what we're going to talk okay. about here. Okay. That's enough of uh, that. That's enough restaurant experience to give me uh, like an insight on what's happening. All types too. I've worked in fine dining in the front of the house. I've worked in fast food establishments in the back of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I have gone through it all from the dishwasher to like front of the house supervisor. Okay, so I've, I, I've done a lot. So a server for a steakhouse, a chain, was fired on Thursday. Now she posted something on social media, which is in. Direct violation of this company's social media policy. If you post about our consumers on your social media, you will be fired. So ultimately, what happened here to this woman is what's going to happen to you if you criticize the people that patronize the business at which you work. Yeah. That t- that should be by now to be expected given how many times we've seen this happen. Right. This isn't right? like this isn't the first time and and it's made pretty She's cr- not the Jackie Robinson of this. Like <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> made pretty crystal clear to you and I can't fault a corporation, a company, a restaurant for doing that. I completely understand why you can't have your employees bad mouthing your customers in a public sphere like social media. Yeah, it goes against your bottom line there. It makes sense. So Tamlin Yoder, 25 of Lake Park, I believe this is Florida. All right. Now she was putting in a massive order for multiple people at a church. Okay. They ordered, I believe it's 25 steaks, 25 chickens, and 25 potatoes on Wednesday morning. Okay. So 50 meals is essentially what this sounds like, right? Some people wanted steak. Some people wanted chicken. Let's get potatoes as the side. 50 meals is what I feel like as a logical person I can call this, right? Okay. They take the order over the phone. They put the order together. The person from the church comes and picks it up. Does not tip. Now, the bill came to $735. Yeesh. Okay? Yeesh. So this woman's basically saying this. I took the order. I packed it all up. I brought it out to you, and you did not tip me. Now, before going any further, she posted about how this church didn't tip her. Before, before going any further, I will tell you who I am as a person, and I feel like I can speak for Fantone here. I would tip a curbside person. 
If you bring me the food, if I didn't have to get out of the car, you came. Uh, now, I understand you're not serving me the way a waitress and or like, you know, waiter would a server. Let's go. I don't want to offend any one of the twenty seven hundred genders. So let's say a server. OK, I would. I, but if you are if you are stop, if you are offering me convenience, I feel as if I should tip you. Now, I would probably a just said tip. Given the fact that, again, you are not serving me throughout my meal. Yeah, it's not a 20% tip. I mean, that's for sure. Like, to, to say that it's the same thing as waiting on you, no, it's not. no, it's not. But, yes, I mean. I just, the way I am as a person, I would not feel right not giving that person something for what has just been done. Okay. okay? That's just who I am. Now, it doesn't mean that has to be who you are, although you should be that person. Okay? But, if I'm the person being sent from the church... And the bill's almost $800. Is it really on me, just the gopher for the food? Like, this should have been discussed by one of the, the by a couple of the 50 people who were going to be eating. Like, somebody's going to pick this up. Like, we should probably work this into what we're going to do, right? I would assume the person paying had authorization. You know what I'm saying? Like, had the ability to, 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 to use, tip on the card to or use whatever the church's it was. funds. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's out of the, the realm of possibilities. You should, I think you should absolutely tip a curbside service person. I don't think it's a 25% tip no. the way you would in a restaurant. I'm with you on that. But if somebody packs up $735 worth of food for you, brings it to the car, you obviously, right, is when they told you the total on the phone, right? There was obviously, I know human beings, there was a couple of, you know, moments of discussion between a couple of the parishioners of, Jeez, can you believe that? Like, God, man, like, Jeez, this is a lot of money, this and that. Like, nobody, not one of the 50 people who were going to eat this food suggested or said, hey, we're going to make sure we're going to, or what's going to happen with this? How much extra do I got to throw in for this? Like, that never came up in conversation seems odd to me. Yeah, I mean, you would have think that would be a part of, and I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people have made this point online, but like, the fact that it's a church, there, to me, it's like, well, what do you guys mean? Like, isn't this the entire purpose of what you guys are doing? Is, 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 to, is to, you to know, be Christ like. Is right. To, to kind of help your fellow man here. Like, Jesus was a, I, Jesus would have been a tipper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe Jesus would have been a tipper. Now, listen, here's the deal with tipping, dude. I, I stand, I feel like, in the logical place of tipping where it's like, if you suck, if, if it's, if, if like, I'm not, I don't feel obligated to give you automatically. Like you said 25%, dude. No way I'm just standard giving you 25%. Now, if you do something exceptional for me, if I feel like you've really gone above and beyond, sure, dude. I, I, I feel like giving you money, that's, that's what you're here for. But if you suck as a server, I'm okay with not tipping them as well. If, if, if you, if you bump your tip down to 15% over I 20, be I want to be, I want to be clear about what you're saying. Um, so, because I believe most people feel the way you do. Which is, if you go above and beyond, I'll give you more. But so you, but you are saying that no matter what, even if service is bad, that there should be a tip put on. Yes. But you can decrease it down. But at bare minimum, people should be tipped something. The lowest that I'm going to go to you is probably 10%. 10%. I mean, if it's awful, if it's a train wreck, and it's your fault. I'm not saying like, oh, hey, the food was kind of bad, and like then I'm not going to tip you. I'm saying if you, if I can tell you're not filling up my drink, and you're standing over there texting, and I'm like, yo, sucking, sucking down the bottom of this thing, like you need to come fill this up, um, then yeah, I'm down to 10% on that. Okay. But, but, but with something like this where you're getting food packed for you like i understand the thought of well how is this any different than if i went and made like a catering order to subway or to mcdonald's and i said hey or chick-fil-a and i was like hey i want you know 50 box lunches are you tipping those people 
You know where the line? You know where the line is for I me? I do Th- not. This where? is what's crazy: is that if I have to get out of my car, probably not. But if you bring it to my car, so what about what about like if I? Which can- is crazy because it's no less work, right? And I mean, like, what if? So at that point, if I come through the drive-through, it's like, no, I'm not going to tip you. But if you walk five steps out to that curb, I all right. It would probably. It would. <laughs> Nah, because even in a drive-thru, if on the receipt, if I was given a portion of that receipt to place a tip, I'm doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Even at a fast food place. If it was, if it gives me the option, and this is why a lot of businesses do this now, and a lot of non-traditional tipping places are been like, well, why shouldn't you tip this person, this person, and more people are putting tip jars out, more people are putting this on the receipt. I'm just that kind of person where if you lead me to the to the water, I'm right, going to drink gonna, it. You're, you're going to put it. a dollar yeah. in there at least. It, it, it is. It's this weird line of like, where is it acceptable and where is it not acceptable of like oh, to tip and how you're supposed to tip. And I mean... I, I understand why waiters and waitresses and bartenders get more, but like, so a food service employee who, like I said, who walks five steps out to your curb, yeah, I'm going to tip them. A food service employee who does not walk those five steps, it's like, screw you. You deal with what you get. That It, it is weird. It's dude. a very it weird, weird line. Now, what happened in this story is people saw this online, right? And like a woman, I guess, called the church and like tried to shame them. So the church then calls the restaurant and says, look, we just want to make this right. Right. And they were, and now they're saying, look, we did not call. We did not want her fired. We right. don't think she should right. be fired. We were just trying to make this right. But the business, the steakhouse is saying, look, gotta we got gotta this do. rule. And if we don't make an example of this woman, we're going to have employees all over the country doing whatever they want. So I, I'm, I kind of have to side with the steakhouse here, too, because in the day and age of social media, a rogue employee can ruin your business for months on end. Oh, yeah. I mean, for if sure. you're just going to allow people to be like, oh, my God, I had this table full of whoever last night. And then you're just going to allow them to like can't you know, do it you, 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 you got to bring the hammer down I, this this to me and this this will just always go back to and dude i i, I have a job currently where i'm a tipped employee me too like 100 like, like uh, me too tips make a difference in my life still at this point me too um <laughs> and then in the stansbury show gets saturday sad. night i'll be at the odeon <laughs> for machine head um but with all that being said i think dude, that's who it is if if i'm rewriting the rules of society right now i'm done with tipping or at least i'm going back what? at least i'm going back to all right, if you are in a restaurant, your prices go up, and I will tip somebody that does an exceptional job. I'm I, I, fine. Put an eighteen prices go up, so wages go up. Right. So everyone gets an eighteen percent. You know, every every burger I buy, every every steak dinner I get, every every time I go to a restaurant, things are eighteen percent more expensive. Well, I was surprised to find out that a company like this, a, this is a chain. It's not a mom and pop restaurant. Right. This is a chain. That a chain restaurant, much like how if you go to like. If you go to a cloth napkin restaurant and you have over, what is it, six or eight people, normally it says somewhere on the menu, hey, look, we're adding gratuity. Like, welcome to it. That for a takeout order of this magnitude, $735, that there wasn't like a corporate policy of we add gratuity to this because of, because of it's the, the right sh- thing to do. It's the, well, right. And it's the strain on our employee. Right. I mean, you got to think that that employee at that point, and I don't get me wrong, you know, the, the steakhouse or whatever is making the money from the, from the business, but that employee is not taking tables during that time because they're busy doing that. That table, that employee is like, that's, you're not getting your sweet tea because this is being packed. Right. That's what's being focused on at that minute right there. So, I, I mean, I, it, to me, it's, seems so obvious too that it was 735 bucks dude round it up to 800 there's your 65 bucks just under 10 percent, and you could have been like done were they gonna know the church would have been like yeah 800 800 bucks bucks. here we go now hannah's tweeting in telling me let's just do what europe does no tipping just livable wages for serving now hannah let me tell you why i'm not sure that that works for this country what's a livable wage 
What this country, I'm not saying you're wrong, Hannah. And for those people who want this system, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is what America will do is we'll debate for 10 years what a livable wage is versus doing this. We won't just do this. I think you should make 18% of your sales. I think if you sell 100 bucks worth of food that day, you should make $18. Pretty random, right? I mean, like, it's in between 20 and 15, where it's like if 20 is what people, servers are always saying, tip 20%, tip 20%, and people are like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't, if, if I tip you too much, you're not going to work hard. 18% of your sales right there. I have seen livable wages for servers lead to bad service. I've talked about it all the time in Oregon. I couldn't find a good server to save my life. I had to like recondition a lot of people there and install like a lot of, you know, Midwest work ethic because servers were making $12, $13 an hour and you could see it. Like you could see it. Well, then at least you have incentive of like, well, if I, if I treat people better, I'm going to sell more. If I work harder, I'm going to be able to put more in there. So it's still a commission based job instead of like, hey, here's an hourly wage that you make. There's still incentive for them to get out there and grind. It's not, you know, it's it, it's not just hey, here's here's eleven bucks. It's you got to go out there and sell more. You got to go out there and make me upsell, more money. Upsell, right, upsell, right, right. Sell the cheesecake. All right, okay. That that has to be part of the conversation for sure. Now, I wanted to ask you this. We don't have a ton of time here, but I do want to ask you this because you've worked in a million restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, like another part of this conversation that's been happening over the last few weeks is redistributing the tips for like uh. the entire business. So, like, should servers have to tip out kitchen staff and like bus people, like bus table people, and like those kinds of things. If 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 that's going to be the the rules, if, then then tips are going to have to go up. If if at this point we're saying like, hey, we don't have to pay cooks as much now because because we can just wait, we can rely on people's. I mean, who's going to be a waiter in that situation? Why would I? Well, I think yes. Logically, that is a solid point until the fact you realize, dude, a lot of people are waiters and waitresses, not because it's a decision, but because it's a well, job it's they, a necessity, can, they can get. But right. at that point, I mean, like, why why wouldn't I just go work in the kitchen? You know what I'm saying? Why am I why am I applying for any front of the house job? Our kit are like, OK, I don't because I don't know the answer to this. So if I go to a chain restaurant today, is the guy or woman online like the like the line cooks? Are they making more money? Yes. Oh, 100% hourly wages that the company pays you. I mean, most kitchen employees, I would say anywhere from 10 to 15 bucks an hour. Like if you're working, if you're working, you know, fry side at a chain restaurant, like, uh, uh, you know, a chain sit down restaurant, not a fast food establishment, but chain sit down restaurant, you're probably making anywhere from, from 10 to 15 bucks an hour. Servers are making probably 315, I think is the serving minimum wage right now, plus tips. So at that point, unless the cook is cutting me off a piece of his check, why am I cutting you off a piece of my tips? There is an argument that both sides kind of work together for the service and what is expected from the consumer. Right. And like, well, then cut me a piece of your paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Then like, okay, well, then, yeah, then we're all throwing our money in together. But if I'm the only one throwing my money in there and you're pulling money out and you're not throwing anything in, what? Here's the thing. This is why I think it should stay the way it is right now is that a cook can ruin my tip by taking forever to put the food out. But a person, most people are not going to tip the waitress or waiter that much more money because of how good the food is. It is always going to come down to what was the service like, my attitude like, how fast were my drinks refilled. I don't think it's like, man, this steak was great. Make sure you give that guy 5% of this tip I'm going to give you. That's not the way people tip. It's about your interaction with the person who came to your table ultimately. And so, yeah, if those employees in the back of the house are making more money, then... 
I, for me, that's the way it needs to stay. And I also think if you start moving this stuff around, you're going to lose good servers. In the end, I really do think that that will happen. We have Ozzy tickets. He's playing September out of Blossom. Let's send you right now. We'll take caller 25 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And be right back with more Stansberry Show. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hannah won her way into the Ozzy Show. She was pumped about that. September is when that show is. We'll have tickets every single day this week. We still have uh, some Canton Charge tickets to pass out. We'll do that this morning. Also, 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We were talking before the break about this restaurant story where this woman packed up like $735 worth of to-go food, was not tipped, mentioned it online, and she was fired. Now, again, her company has a policy of you do not talk about our consumers online. She did it. She broke that. Should be released. You have to set precedent for the rest of your employees. It's a chain. Otherwise, you'll have thousands of people all over the country doing whatever the hell they want. You'll have chaos on your hands. Can't have it, right? So I'm all for that. But I do think if somebody brings you food to your car, for some reason, that is to me one of those things where I would tip in that moment. We started talking about distributing tips amongst, you know, everybody that works in the restaurant. And so somebody asked me during the break, well, you're making the argument that we should that that a server should not have to tip out a cook. But yet you're a bartender and servers will tip out the bartender at like chain restaurants. Well, yeah, because that bartender is still making the same amount of money as the server. Right. They, you know what I mean? They're not they're not being paid more money where Fantone was telling us that line cooks and the like make more money than the servers do. Now, Amanda wrote in and said, look, I worked back of house for years at a sit down chain restaurant. I did not make ten dollars an hour. And I often told people that a good server would make more than me. There were days the servers were making twenty dollars an hour on tips, like factoring it in with their, you know, hourly and then tips. It averages out to about twenty dollars an hour. Right. I also know that good servers i also made sure that i got food out fast for good servers so she felt as if that she should have been tipped out for that well i I mean there's people in this building that i work with now that make more money than me in the sales department but it's not like hey you owe me some of that money because you're selling what i get i agreed to the terms and conditions of my contract when i signed on to be a line cook or a radio jock or whatever it is I agreed that, like, hey, this is how much I'm going to get paid. And whether that it's $10 or $8 or whatever it is, you, I mean, no, like, that's that's how it works. The salespeople of a radio station have the potential to make a lot more money off the product that we provide than we do. I mean, honestly, if it's all working right, they probably should be making more money yes, than us. Because like, without the money, the radio station can't keep the lights on. Right. It's like one of those things. It's like both hands wash one another there. It's like, you know, you could argue, it's like a chicken and egg thing. You could argue which is more important, what happened first there, or that whole thing, but they're both, they both have to be on the train tracks together, right. one pulling the other. Right. So you're right on that, because at the end of the day, like that has happened to me. It's currently happening to me. And, you know what I mean? And you. And I understand that like sometimes that feels ass backwards, but those are the terms and conditions of working here. Like I, I get it. Like, hey, I'm the one who's putting forth the product that people are actually putting in their mouth. All you're doing it is carrying it to them. But like, well, that's how it works. I mean, I, I, I understand some frustrations, but it doesn't change the game. I can't believe that some court. Now, if you have too much business, I don't think you could do this. But I can't believe nobody's tried the. Well, and you're going to take it to them. Uh, right. Well, right, I think right, what, right, in right. the end, what you might see happen there, honestly, is no waiter, no waitress. Will there'll be an iPad or a tablet type system on your table? You'll order, and then the person who prepared your food will just bring it out of the kitchen. 
I could see that we already have chain restaurants that do like a hybrid of that. There's now, one here on the hill now our, where that will like the, the server will come see you the first time around. But if you need something in between when they come see you, there's a tablet on their table to bring them to bring something back out to you. So and you sh- can pay with it. Should I should I tip as much in those situations where I'm the one where you're not really wait, waiting on me? It's like we're, we're drawing funny lines here. I don't know what will happen in the end there. Yeah, but I mean, my like, guess is that's what's going to happen if, in the restaurant. If I'm industry. just ordering on a tablet and you just walk the food out to me at this point. You're not taking my order. You're not refilling my drink. You're just walking the food out to me. I don't feel obligated to tip you there, right? You're not carrying. You're not like. I mean, you're only bringing it to me because I'm not allowed to walk into the kitchen. Right. I mean, how many steps do you have to take before it's like, okay, now I tip you. So when the tile changes, once you go from the brown tile of the kitchen to (laughs) the white tile. From carpet to like brown tile. Right. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you're worth extra money here. Is this true that servers usually get less hours in restaurant work than the line cooks too? That you usually work um, less amount of hours? Probably. I mean, I think that's... I don't. I, I, I haven't worked in enough restaurants tonight. I mean, I think that could be the case, but I don't know if that's like an overall truth. I mean, I'm sure there's some circumstances. And it some. is a very weird line where we do this and where we don't. Um, because there are certain places where I will go in, walk up to a counter, order food, be given it to me, and there's a tip line, so I'll do it. Right. But if that was to happen to me at one of the, like, the big three chains of quick service food, yeah, I would that. look at you like you were crazy right. for that. Right. You, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not giving you that. And I mean, like, let's be real, too. I mean, how much different is the work? Like, don't get me wrong. I've worked in both. I've worked as a, as a server. I've worked as a line cook. I've worked in fast food establishments, both front and back. And like, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all like hard work. Like, none of it's just like, oh, dude, well, yeah, but you're really not doing anything Therefore, you do not deserve this. Oh, serving's way harder than people think. It's hard, man. So much harder than people think. Those are tough jobs, dude. Working fry side. I know it's like, oh, what are you doing back there? Flipping burgers? That's hard. It's a tough job. Well, dude, let me tell people why serving's really hard. You think of it as, dude, you're carrying plates. That's not the hard part. Dealing with you is the hard part. Is because what everybody does is they go into those situations and you just take your awful day and life out on those people and you just unload your amount. You're just, you know, you're... uh, just pile of failure just onto this other person and just make your entire miserable existence about them because your cheese sticks didn't get to your table fast enough. Dealing with you is what makes that job so hard. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about your new look calves next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for North Canton Collision, the only pro first Honda and Acura certified collision center in Stark, Antique County. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We still have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. We do it every Monday at 8. We talk to our good buddy from waitingfornextyear.com, Scott. You can follow him on Twitter at WFNY Scott. And buddy, if I have my facts correct before I let Phantom nerd out on the calves. <laughs> If I have my facts correct, that pitchers and catchers report this week, you getting tribe ready or what? I guess. Uh, it's wow. a, it is exciting to get baseball back because it is kind of, you know, like the sports equivalent of the groundhog, you know? Sure. I mean, we feel like it's, it's, it's like the sign that's, you know, spring and summer are on the way. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. But I am, you know, I feel like the Super Bowl just ended, so I can, like, be full-fledged calves right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm still... I'm still I'm still gonna ride that wave until uh until until the NBA finals are over. That sounds fair. 
Is there anything Indians related in the offseason that we should know about as casual fans, as people who really don't pay attention to the X's and O's like 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 a lot of baseball nerds do? Is there anything that we should be aware of? Take the logo off the hat. Like, Jason, <laughs> whatever you do. Whatever you do. Um, two things jumped, jumped to mind. Uh, one, they picked up, and it's been kind of the ire of a lot of fans on Twitter, uh, they picked up a, a $12 million option on Michael Brantley. Um, and it's, 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 it's a bit of a talking point for a couple of reasons. One, he's not guaranteed to be ready by, by the start of the season. Okay. Um, so, well, you know, so we are looking once again at another season, like when are we going to get Michael Brantley back? And when he comes back, what kind of Michael Brantley are we getting? Um, and so when you have a team that's, you know, kind of strapped for cash in a lot of ways, you know, to use that on him instead of, you know, maybe adding it to keep Jay Bruce or something along those lines. I think a lot of fans are trying to do the math and wondering if that was the best move. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, maybe he comes back as a, as a 300 hitter and can, you know, play two positions in the outfield and everything's fine. But if he comes back as a first baseman because he can't move, um, you know, that, that's a bit of a different situation. Uh, the second one is the, the Jason Kipnis situation because, they really haven't gone out and, and said he's your starting second baseman. Yeah, he's, he's on the team. And the, uh, the way they played him in the outfield last year in the postseason was a bit of a disaster. So, you know, I, he's, you know Jose Ramirez, his best position is second base. He was an MVP caliber player last year. And so to put him out of position because you just don't know what to do with Jason Kipnis is, uh, is a bit of an issue as well. So th- those two are really the, th- the two things we're monitoring, you know, heading into the uh, early portion of the spring training. I was surprised to find out that people on Twitter didn't like something. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just thought it was this collection of positivity, Twitter. It's just all of, like, reinforcing how special everybody is and how great everything is. I was surprised to find out Twitter fans didn't like something. So your Cavaliers, buddy, you and Fantone got to be loving this. Um, they looked energized yesterday. Rejuvenated is another term you could use. LeBron hasn't looked like he's been having this much fun in quite a while. Um, and I say, do toxic people are definitely toxic. I mean, they are for sure. I mean, if you've ever been in a relationship with a toxic person, you can, you know, you definitely raise your hand and be like, yeah, dude, that, that person dragged me down. So was Isaiah Thomas this effing awful? Like, well, or, or like, or, or was more going on here? You know, it's, it, it, I can't think of a story that changed so quickly ever. between welcome back, you know, January, get the hell out of here, February, right? And, you know, and the, I don't think they liked him. Um, I think, I think they liked him as a supporter. I think they liked what he meant when he was cheering them on and they liked the energy he brought and everything that it was like, uh, you know, he was one of them. And then the second he was activated, um, he wanted to take 20 shots a game and that wasn't going to work, especially when you don't play defense and you, and you, of those 20 hit four or five. Um, and he, he didn't really own up to any of the issues. You know, everything was. We played harder in Boston. Uh, you know, we we don't trust each other. You know, every and and when when you're the one that is getting destroyed on the defensive end, and everybody can see it, and they they gif it, and they vine it, and they do everything else. Um, you know, and then him not owning up to any of that, I think, started to really rub people the wrong way. And then when the Kevin Love thing happened, um, you know, the and the, and the clicks started to form, and it was you know new guys versus old guys. You know, the guys who have been here for a little while. And, uh, and guys who, you know, just came in and thought they were going to ch- turn things around, um, it became pretty evident who was going to win out there. Um, you know, so that's why, you know, Jay's gone, IT's gone, 
you know, they've been trying to trade Chump for years. Um, you know, so the, the, for the, to finally get that done has to be, regardless of where he goes or who you get, getting some other team to take on his deal for the lack of production he's getting is a win for Kobe Altman. Um, and then again, yeah, to your point, the, the energy that some of these younger guys are bringing on, there's nostalgia for those who we have with the Larry Nance thing, but yeah, there's also, cool. you know, there's also really good players, you know, who, who came in and, and uh, are, are just playing a different style of basketball that we've seen here from some of the, some of the older guards. So yeah. it's, it, I, you know, it's one game, um, but it was one hell of a game. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I said it earlier this morning. This game guarantees nothing, and if the Cavs would have lost, everyone would have been like, oh, it means nothing. It's absolutely nothing. True. But True. at the end of the day, it felt great, man. There's no question about it. Well, it's always um, better to win. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, but in that fashion and to go out there in that game in that moment, it did. It was just, I, I think, a special moment. As far as Isaiah Thomas goes, um, I think he came back from the injury too quick. I think he probably should have had the surgery. But a lot of people have talked about, well, it's just addition by subtraction, and that's why the Cavaliers looked so much better yesterday. Um, but I'm going to stand firm with it was addition by addition. And like you said, adding quality players into the mix right there. Um, speak about these four guys, what they're able to do and what their skill set brings to the Cavaliers. Well, George Hill is, uh, is a, the consummate role-playing point guard. He'll never be your one or two, but he'll, he'll gladly be your th- like third scoring option. Um, Seven-foot wingspan for a point guard is pretty incredible. Uh, it's something that this Cavaliers team hasn't had for, for a very, very long time. Um, and I know the defensive metrics didn't exactly shake out when he was in Sacramento. Uh, the Kings were actually one of the teams who were worse in defense than the Cavaliers were, if you could believe that. Um, but you have a guy who came in here right away and said, listen, I'm going to be a role player, and I'm going to play alongside LeBron, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to help him get better. Love it. And, and, you saw, and you saw a little bit of it last yesterday. Um, you know, playing some two-man game, you know, had Kyrie Irving on his heels a lot. Um, you know, that, that, was, that was really, really good to see. And it's, it's, it'll be different um, because we're used to a really ball-dominant point guard. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, Jordan Clarkson, just an athletic young kid, going to come off the bench. You know, he might, he might give you two points one night. He might give you 12 the next. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., clearly, uh, the lineage is there. Is he, the kid gets, gets to play in, a, in an arena where his dad's number's hanging above him, which is, which is pretty awesome. That's pretty cool, yeah. Um, and then uh, the, uh, the fourth player, I can't, I can't think of who it is. Um, uh, oh, Rodney Hood, Rodney, uh, lefty yeah. swingman from, uh, from Utah. Um, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to be a 3 and D guy. Um, he's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot, but he's going to be a guy who's probably going to take six, seven, maybe eight threes a day or a game. Okay. You know, if he hits three or four of them and, and can get into low double digits, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be a big win. So it's, they, they swapped guys who are going to be, you know, offensively featured for a bunch of guys who are just going to play roles. And they're going to say, LeBron and Kevin Love, it, this is your game. And these guys just have to kind of, you know, you know, produce when their numbers are called. Yeah, the Cavaliers, I think, introduce diversity into their lineup right now. Um, I, I think there's instant offense that they can bring in off the bench now. I think you throw guys like, you know, Jeff Green into that mix, LeBron, Double T, all guys who can who can switch onto multiple positions in a defensive scheme. Um, that opens up so many possibilities for the Cavaliers, especially when they go play somebody, hopefully, like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. I'm glad you bring Kevin Love up, though. Um, I saw this tweet, and I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was essentially what he said was LeBron, you know, he always wanted the dream team. He always wanted the big, you know, the, the, the big three or whatever it is. But all he needs is a 20 and 10 all-star, Kevin Love, and guys that are able to play their roles. How does Kevin Love incorporate himself into the team with so much time less? And what's going on with that injury? Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I would much rather, I think coming back from a hand injury on your offhand 
is is much easier in my opinion. I'm I'm not you know I'm not a doctor, but he came back from an he came back from a knee from knee surgery in the middle of last season, and I think when you can't condition and you can't do things you know with with the rest of your body while you're while you're rehabbing this knee is much different. Um, he gets to really do everything he was doing outside of you know specific hand related um, you know off offhand related like lifting and things like that. So he he should be fine. Um, I've started to see the same thing, Matt, in terms of the comparison. You're starting to see the – it could be LeBron and Love. And, like, Miami wasn't Miami until Shane Battier and, and Udonis Haslam and a lot of these other guys, you know, the role players did their thing. Um, you know, and I think if, 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 if the Cavs can somehow get their mix of that, you know, big three being the big three, whatever. Um, you know, you, you, have, you have two all-stars in LeBron and Love. And then if, if the rest of these guys could just do what they're supposed to do – um, you know, though they should play well. The 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 addition by subtraction, kind of you mentioned before. Kevin Love's clearly the second option right now. You had you had Isaiah Thomas, who, who thought he was and wanted to be, and took shots away from a guy who was an automatic twenty and ten every night before Isaiah Thomas came back. You know, you should you should conceivably get you know pre it Kevin Love back with a all world LeBron, and then you have you know you have these young guys who are who have. You were completely willing to run down the floor, both offensively and defensively, and it, it 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 should be a lot of fun to watch. If these trades end up working out, and they stay on positive momentum, as we're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear dot com. By the way, follow him on Twitter at WFNY Scott. Will this quiet down the David Griffin? And this is what's wrong because they lost the GM. Like if Colby Altman worked this out and he found young players that play defense and give you offensive production, and things get better, will it quiet down that that's the problem with the Cavaliers was the GM issue? Well, I think, I think that was the problem. Um, and, and, I think, and I think but Kobe admitted to it. He said he put this team together, and he was way off in how it would fit. Um, so I, I think it can be both. I, I, think, I think it could be a, a GM issue before. Um, you know, because he brought in IT and Crowder and traded and traded Kyrie and did all of the things that kind of set the wheels in motion for the team that 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 Ty Lue had to work with. But I think he did a hell of a job to try and fix it. And so I, I think you could kind of have it, you know, a little bit both ways. I know that's not. I, I know in you know to kind of go back to our Twitter thing, you got to have your heels in the sand and, and pick one side or the other. But you know, Kobe admitted, you know, that he that he that he didn't. See all of the the you know the moving pieces that would that would come to fruition here, but he you know tried like hell to fix it, and and I think I think he did that. Um, you know what I what it won't quiet down is the is the Lakers thing um, because of you know Not when you all, trade right. it when you trade it and an expiring deal, and they have Julius Randle who they can renounce and have upwards of seventy million dollars this off season. You do you do kind of bring that and back into the fold, um, you know. So if they have two max spots available. You know, I know there's a lot of people saying he's not going to go there and play with Lonzo, but he, he could go there and play with Lonzo, Paul George, and, and some, you know, vet minimum free agent who they sign as well. So there, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't think they did themselves any favors there. But, again, they need to control what they can control, and if they can somehow get back to the NBA Finals, maybe sneak out a win and then still have a top-five draft pick, um, you know, this, this offseason. Um, you know, I think, that's a, I think that if, you, if, if that's not enough to keep him here, I don't know if there are anything if anything really was. I'm with you. I, I I think the best thing I can say to Cole, you know, Colby Altman right now is that being able to recognize a mistake and shifting is very important 
to a leadership position. I'll give you an example for me, just personally. Once upon a time, we put Justin Rowan from Fear of the Sword on the show, <laughs> and I realized, bro, that ain't the way to get it done, and we switched over and went to waitingfornextyear.com, buddy. I pulled my own Colby Altman right there. That's a, vet, that's a veteran move. Um, you know, and, but, but it's, I, well, I, well, I appreciate it. Um, I, I do like Justin, but I do appreciate the I sentiment like there. Too. Yeah, he's a good dude. For, you know, for, for a first-year GM to, to know how to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think speaks well for him, um, not, not crumbling under the pressure, but also, you know, having a team of individuals around him to kind of help him get this done. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of smart people in that room. And I know it's, it's tough to gauge that when the team is playing so poorly. Um, but no, I, I agree. I, it's, it's, it, it's, you know, he didn't, he didn't, there was no ego there. You know, he knew what he had to do and he wasn't willing to let some, well, we, we traded these two for Kyrie, so we have to maximize the value here. Right. You know, he realized, he realized Kyrie Irving was a sunk cost, and he needed to do whatever he could do to, to get the best opportunity right now and then. Yeah, I, uh, and, and I think ultimately this is better than what we had like two weeks ago. So at least you saw, you know, an issue, and then they corrected it. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Can't lie, I wanted a little bit better reaction. So pitchers and catchers. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess that was his. That was his take on that. We do have tickets for the Canton Charge. You'll have them next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It's been about a year. I've been telling you what a great place Wakeham is to buy a car. It's also a really great place to work. If you're thinking about maybe changing. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets. Your opportunity to score those will be momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need. Shout out to the homie John Holland getting some minutes last night. Yeah. Excited to see my buddy out there. That was good. Yeah, but the Canton Charge return to the action on the 21st, 23rd. I know it's Dollar Dog Night at the uh, you know at the Canton Civic Center, so plenty of good times to be had down there. Get yourself some tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. I cannot believe what is happening in Pennsylvania right now. All right. There's a small town um, in Pennsylvania that has a registered sex offender who has been reelected as the town's fire chief. Court records show that Roger, Roger Gilbert Jr., 43, Spartansburg, Pennsylvania. 43 years old is a felon. He completed a 5 to 10 year prison sentence and he's listed in the state's Megan's Law database. When you're on one of those lists, I mean, like, I know that there's going to be like, well, there's different degrees of of assaults and blah, 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 blah. But dude, when you're on one of those lists, to me, it's just like, it just, I mean, it just, it feels like a guilty for anything you do for the rest of your life. This convicted sex offender had joined the town's fire department in 2010, eight years ago, as an unpaid volunteer and said his conviction is now in the past. Gilbert telling the newspaper that was 20 years ago. You know, the story you're telling kids now is once you make a mistake, you will be punished for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's a lesson I want my I want my kids to learn that your mistakes follow you, that your mistakes do change the output of the rest of your life. So think hard before making a decision. And that's I mean, it's the truth. Like, like certain mistakes will follow you for the Forever. rest of your life. And like. 
that is an important lesson, especially when it comes to uh, certain crimes. Now, I get it. It's like, do I want, hey, well, one time I shoplifted some gum. Do I want you to be in jail for the rest of your life or to never no. get a job? No, but 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 what this case is is something that should follow you for the rest. That's why of your we have life. a different crime for carjacking and murder. Right, it's like there's right, a, there, there, right. there are different crimes for different things. Right. But certain decisions you make in your life will go with you the rest of your life. I'm perfectly okay with that message being told to children. Now it's interesting he evokes children here as his crime was forcing a four-year-old girl to perform oral sex on him. <sighs> now the mayor of Spartansburg, Anne Louise Wagner, says we've known about Gilbert's status. She said she doesn't understand why the victim's mom won't drop this. What? What? We're making this about the victim's mother who doesn't think that this man should be the fire chief of the town? She says here, wait do you hear this. I support the fire department and their decision to have him as the fire chief. This is the mayor. The firemen have always elected their own officers, and that's how it's always been done. We do not question their decisions. Well, maybe you should, mayor, or I'll actually amend my statement. Maybe a qualified mayor should be questioning those decisions. I can't believe that somebody would stand on the side of this. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of things where there's it's gray like, area and some stuff. Right, right. Not this. Where you can find where you can find a devil's advocate argument or whatever the case is, or hey, they've paid their you know they've paid their price. But come on, man, this is this was this is sex with a child. I mean, with 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 a prepubescent child. We're talking about a four year old. Four year old. So the victim's mother says, as a fire chief, this man is interacting with children. Yeah. If you were in an accident, would you want this man working on your child? I don't have a child, but I do have a niece. And my answer is no. I don't want him working on any children. I don't want, I don't right. want this guy, I, my child, your child, anyone's child, kids I don't know. I don't want this guy around any kids. I don't. Pennsylvania State Police said it's up to each individual community for them to decide whether to allow sex offenders who have completed their sentences to serve in an office or at the local level like that. Right. Now, here's the thing. I know some of you are hearing this story and feeling as if I'm being unfair about the fact that somebody went, had been put in prison, served their time, and that now I'm looking to then not allow them a chance to make differences in their life and change and you know allow for a second chance at life. That's how some of you are, are taking what I'm saying right now. And I think that that's wrong. I think what I'm saying is, is I'm not sure public service in this regard, when people, when children are going to be in situations of emergency, that I want you carrying my child down a ladder. I'm sorry. You've shown you can be inappropriate with children, and this is a position of power. How do I know you're not going? I don't want to have to sit around all day waiting for the phone to ring to tell me you abused this position of power with a child and have egg on my face. Zero gray area here in the sense of like you were inappropriate with a child. You can maybe make the you know, but this was this was a black and white. You 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 raped a four year old essentially. I mean, essentially is what happened there. You you that's you, what you, happened. You penetrated a four year old and like. Like, I, I mean, I understand that, like, you know, well, people need a chance to, re or to, you know, rehabilitate their life and people need these. But like, I mean, and I'm not one to be like, well, throw them, you know, throw them under the, under the prison. But like, I, I could never under any circumstance hire somebody in any position. I don't care what you're doing. I would never hire somebody knowing that they did that. A convicted 
a convicted child rapist. Child rapist. A convicting child rapist under no circumstances. I don't care what, what, what job you're talking about. Oh, well, he could never have access to that. If I'm the one doing the hiring, you're never working. I'm trying to think of the position where I could be in a hiring situation and I would say, well, that wouldn't come into play. I don't care if you're digging ditches. I don't care if, if you're going out into the middle of nowhere and digging a ditch for me. I am not hiring you as a, four, as, as a rapist of a child. Won't do it. And I, I, if that's hot take, Phil, if that's like, yeah. oh, look at this guy over here. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'll take that, dude. I don't I'll know. I mean, that. I don't think it's hot take, Phil. I, I think most people would probably feel that most way. Most people want this guy dead, right? I mean, really, when we get down to it, Which you is raped wrong a child. Too. I don't like that either. I'm not with people who are like, kill him. And I'm, I'm not with that. Like, I, think if you're, I think if you're death penalty, the reason I'm not kill this guy is because I don't believe in the death penalty because I don't believe the government's responsible enough to make those decisions. But if you're okay with the death penalty, I have no I don't have a hard time wrapping my head around why you think child rapists should die. I don't. All right. I have a hard time arguing that away. As a person who's, and I always say about the death penalty, I'm not pro it. Like, I'm not going to fight to keep it Like if, if we decide to stop doing that. I'm just not anti it in the sense that, like, dude, I got a lot on my plate. And I, dude, I, I, you know what I mean? There's a lot of hours in the day. And ultimately, dude, if you murdered somebody and somebody wants to go eye for eye, I, I don't have a great way to argue that away. But if we stop doing it, I wouldn't hate that either. Like, I'm just kind of indifferent to the death penalty. I just, I don't know. It's like people want their own kind of vengeance, and that seems weird so, to me. So if, if we're not going to kill them and we're not going to lock them up forever... I mean, what are they supposed to do when they get out? Well, for me, it's a locking you up forever. Forever? Okay. For me, it is. Okay. That's, a, that's where I am. Like, like sentences there. Yeah, dude, if you force a four-year-old to perform oral sex on you, I'm sorry, there are some decisions where I think it's okay to take you away from society forever. I'm not going to argue with that. I really do. Yeah. I think there are certain <laughs> crimes that. where that's totally okay. Dude, why do I feel like we're going to be judged right, right, by what We're going to get said. in trouble for all this. Um, Stansbury read this article. It's probably about five in the morning this morning. We're sitting here, and he's like, oh, my God, dude, have you read this? And I'm like, yeah, the fact that this isn't news everywhere. The fact that we're the only show talking about it, haven't seen this on national news, haven't seen this on, on, on CS, CNN no, or Fox News, right, it blows me away, and people are just like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess that's the way it goes. What scares me is that if it's happening in a small town in, in, in Pennsylvania, is where this was, Spartansburg, uh, Pennsylvania, imagine how many communities this is true of where right. people don't you know. You don't even know. Where people don't know. That is terrifying. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out next on Rock 106.9. Healthy Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for North Canton Collision. Those guys are adding to their already impressive list of services. They are now the only pro-first Honda and Acura certified collision center in Stark and T-Counties. Find North Canton Collision on the corner of South Main and Rose Lane in North Canton. Or you can also find... 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Tomorrow will be New Tour Tuesday coming up at 9 o'clock. Well, tomorrow at 9 o'clock. New Chris Brown, new Justin Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton, and new Andrew WK. Nice. I uh, I interviewed Andrew WK at Blossom one year. Right. And there is no difference in onstage and offstage Andrew WK. He came walking up, sure enough, white t-shirt, white jeans, right. and the whole gimmick, because it was like right when that whole thing was like exploding. And there was no separation in those two things. But when you started to talk to him, you realize like, oh, this is a D. Snyder at the PMRC hearing type situation where everybody's looking at this guy like he's a colossal moron because of what he does. But in reality, not the dumbest guy. When it's not a party, we will party hard. 
Yeah, he, um... I'm surprised this song's still not, like, a mainstay. Oh, dude, it's a great song. I don't care what you think about this, dude. Okay, oh, stupid. He's wearing those white jeans. This is an awesome song. It just, awesome. it gets the blood going. It does, dude. It's just, like, like this pump and he's ready to go. Yeah. Um, but much smarter than he appears to be. Yeah. But lives this lifestyle. So he's, yes, he's he's a, he's a bit of a, uh, a conundrum there. He's a, he's, he's a complex man. He's one of those guys that you can kind of watch from afar via Instagram and Twitter, and you could be jealous of the way he lives. Like, there's the his now money kind of helps that, but yes. the philosophy, but the fact that he made money off of one hit record. I mean, other than this, what has he had? Nothing. I can't think of anything. Right. So the fact that he was able to make a, a life for himself of performing out of this song, very much like D. Snyder, another way there. We were talking about Twisted Sister exactly. this morning, as a matter of fact, before the show started, because. If you have not seen the twist, I forget what it's called, but if you have not seen the Twisted Sister documentary on Netflix, you should watch it. It's really good. And I'm just so-so on Twisted Sister. But I have always found Twisted interesting over this over the sense that they were popular in that era where the ballad is the record that broke you out. Like that's the record that sold all your albums. And then you you released the rock track that was like a B hit, and then here comes the ballad, and that band got super popular. They had ballads, but it never broke. And they were never a super hard rock act. Like, I mean, but they still have that respect. They still have, like, metalheads love Twisted Sister, and it's like, why, dude? If this would have been another band with these songs, you'd have been like, this sucks. If you, and what's great about that documentary is you really get a look at that time and place in this country and they were a phenomenal bar band like they were a great bar small to medium sized ba- I mean dude they were selling out 2000 seat clubs in 1980 1981 like before they broke I mean dude they were selling out like big places before they had a record deal like what does the palace here hold 1500 yeah, I would say two is probably somewhere in the general vicinity, maybe a little bit more than two. So they were able to sell that out without a record deal. Imagine that. Now, the times were different. I mean, people wanted to go see bands. Live right. music was the thing, and like that all helped. The culture definitely helped. You know what I mean? And they actually talk about it in the documentary that it was before they changed the drinking law from 18 to 21. And they said as soon as they did that, you could see like the attendance start to go down, and that was definitely part of it. But if you have not seen that that. Twisted Sister documentary on Netflix. You should watch it. It's really good. So we'll uh, play you the new Andrew WK and not Twisted Sister tomorrow. <laughs> At 9 o'clock for New Tour Tuesday. We do have Ganton Charge tickets. We'll take caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And teach you the best opening lines for a dating service, dating site online, next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Momentarily, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. You're getting your keyword soon. Dude, it's already 9 o'clock. God damn. Like, Flying wow. through it, buddy. Wow. Flying through it this morning. I was like, no, dude, that's not till 9. But no, it's 9 right now. Wow. So right as we were coming back on the air, I said multiple times, out loud, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I stopped myself from doing something, and Phantom's just looking at me like, what is going on over there? And I found myself starting to leave a comment in the comment section of a news story. 
Okay. And I was like, why am I going to do this? So this wasn't like a a friend of yours no. or this wasn't a Stansberry Show post. This was a... WKYC Channel 3. Oh, yeah. Getting, getting those is not going to be good. And all it was was they posted a photo of the former president, Barack Obama, and apparently in his, you know, being out of a job, I guess, you know, retirement, he grew a beard, which okay. who cares, okay. right? Okay. Now, if your issue is that's not news, what is a news? Fine, whatever. I, you know, I, I would agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, who cares if somebody grows facial hair? Yes. Right. Okay. Ultimately, I, I'm not sure that's news, but I mean, welcome to clicks. I get it. I get why it would work, and I probably would have posted it too. Yeah. Okay? Right. So there's that, right? So I'm not going to take you know WKYC over the coals over that. I know what they're doing, right? But people are like flipping out in this comment section over the fact that the guy who's not president, by the way, so what does it really matter? Okay. Tattoo your forehead if you want. What do I care? You're not in charge of anything anymore. Right. Okay? Are taking issue with the fact that this guy's growing a beard. So there I was. I was getting ready to get in the muck of it. And why? No. Why? No. And dude, I just stopped myself. And I was like, dude, all you're going to do then all day is every time this alert goes off, you're going to read it. And this is what we were talking about. What was it Thursday or Friday last week? Where it's like, why am I engaging in this stuff? I'm just going to make myself crazy. I'm just going to get mad, have little bouts of anger throughout the whole day. And really, if you've been listening a lot over the last two years, that's really been like my New Year's resolution is to be less angry, to let the anger go. I think a big part of it is, and you and I don't necessarily have this as much as other people because we have a, a platform, but like... We can get it out. Yeah, I mean, uh, people want... That's to, true. People want to feel important. They want to feel vind- feel vindicated. They want to feel like what they say matters, even if it really doesn't, about a story that really doesn't. It's not going to change anyone's mind. Um, it's got to be exhausting to wake up every day. And I guess sometimes it's born out of necessity and sometimes it's born out of like maybe a boredom or standing up for yourself or standing up for the causes you believe in. But it's got to be exhausting to wake up every day and know that you have to go fight online. To know that like, all right, I'm waking up and now I'm going to go show these libtards or I'm going to go show these, you know, these conservatives or I'm going to go show these, you know, these LGBTQ people or I'm going to show these anti-LGBTQ people. I'm going to show them what's what. And it's like, God, dude. And maybe this is a little bit of me sitting here privileged, like, hey, dude, I don't have, I don't have to do any of this crap. I'll vent tomorrow. Like, right, right. I'll, vent, I'll vent tomorrow. I'll vent on my own terms here. But like, man, dude, just like people who like, 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 all right, we're talking about presidents. When President Trump tweets something, and people are just like, tweet at him, tweet at him, tweet at him, tweet at him. I'm like, what are you doing? What, what, what are, what are you accomplishing right now? It, it's just, you're never gonna win. You know what I mean? And, and I know I'm not the first person to tell you this, but there's never been a time where people have like legitimately turned somebody around the other way. I'm sure there has been. You know what I'm saying here is that it's not all that likely that that's what's going to happen. And as a matter of fact, there's been a couple of times recently where I've done this on Twitter with strangers, people I did not know. Right. And at the end of it, we both kind of said to one another because we did it well, no insults, no yelling, no right. screaming, no you know swearing and that kind of thing, where we both said to one another, hey, way to go on this with the fact that it didn't have to get heated, which... Um, think about that, where you have to congratulate a person these days for not 
going lowest common denominator inside a conversation. It um, that's it, weird. Oh, it it certainly is, and I mean, I think it shows the civility of online uh, debates and arguments and things like that. Um, it, lack of, as yeah, what you mean, I, I right? Guess, right, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the civility that's kind of escaped us right now as a society. Um, but it it, it really, uh, to an extent, I mean, it just boils down to you, when you're behind a keyboard. It's you. You do. You get muscles. It's like it's like it's like drinking muscles. Where it's like all of a sudden you're ready to take on the world. Where it's like, dude, if we were having this it's conversation, like road rage like that. If we were having this conversation face to face, I guarantee you wouldn't call me that. I guarantee you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have this anger in your heart about this. But dude, when you can just let it fly online and it's so easy to like just embrace it and it feel, like there is something that feels good about it. It does. There, there, there's. It's just so easy to like take that momentary high and ride it for as many times as you can throughout the day. You know when this when this happens to me a lot and when I fall victim to it and uh, as a matter of fact I posted just the other day yesterday if, if your post says libtard or cuckservative I'm, right. I'm unfollowing you on Facebook and I have been doing that a lot more. Right. If Dude if all you're doing is posting about politics and like all this stuff and you're not and all you're doing is posting from one side versus you know what I mean from a legitimate point of what are we doing here and you're just like spinning narrative at me I'm out. I'm just out. I'm Regardless ex- what side dude, it is. Dude I'm so exhausted already. Like I said to Fantone this morning like say whatever you want about Hillary Clinton, and I was a, dude, I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of Hillary Clinton at all, all right? But I just feel like we would be back to being complacent now, which I know sounds like it would be bad, <laughs> and ultimately, right. Maybe, right. It, maybe it is bad, but I think that's, that, that some of the sense of humor would be coming back a little bit in this country. I also think, dude, and I've made this claim before, and I really didn't mean to go here, and I'm not looking to jump up and down on the president. I'm really not, but... I think Trump being president has really pushed this Me Too thing further down the field. I think there were a lot of people, a lot of women in this country who felt like, man, I kind of deal with this at work, and yeah, dude, when I'm walking down the street or walking through a mall, a guy turns around and stares at my, you know, my boobs and my sweater right. and things like that, and it's annoying and things like that aren't great, and people shouldn't do this stuff. But when women saw like the ultimate position of power and they feel as if there's somebody like that in that position, they were like, you know what? It's no longer okay. All these actors and all these dudes, like that's who you should be looking at because I really think like. He made that situation something that we have got to start talking about right now. At the very least, I think if if things would have turned out differently, and I guess uh, part of this problem is that, and I remember the day of the election or the day after the election, after we knew the results and, and you and I were talking to each other off the air, we kind of said to each other like, well, dude, hey, if nothing else, you and I are going to have a ton of stories for the jokes. next four years. We're going to have jokes. We're going to have all these things. But nothing's funny. But now we are not allowed to do that. You're not allowed like, to joke about like, it. If, 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 if there's so many times, dude, where it's like, well, should we talk about this President Trump story? And I'm like, no, dude, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll that. give you a simple one. It has nothing to do with policy, nothing to do with politics nothing to do with what, how you feel about anything him getting on the plane with the with, with the wind blowing around and like the and hair it, yeah and that, nope nope don't want it that should have been such an easy place for five minutes of like ah, it's kind of funny for any president right for any president for if your toupee person. blows off yes and we see that yes it should be like haha look at that easy jokes but if we would have done that it would have instantly turned into like you guys are such libtar blah, blah, and I, I don't want it and then it's just blood in the water i said to phantom this morning like okay like another one of these things that's big right now is like CNN and MSNBC and all these people are talking about how Kim Jong Un's sister, like, is like stealing the Olympic coverage, right? right? 
And like, you know, all these people, again, are like pointing out that these media outlets are tweeting about it. And it's like, she owns slaves and you're giving her up, right? And I said to him this morning, and I guess this goes against what I was saying, because here we are talking about it. But I knew that that was like one of those big things. And the business is kind of called Topic A, right? And I, and I evaluated and I said, okay, that's obviously a big story. People know it and it will be easy. But I thought to myself, it'll be easy for my Monday. But what do I lose in the end right. by going there? Right. Like, I may win the day, I may win Monday with it, but what do I cost myself? How many listeners do I cost myself in the end by just harping on these things over and over and over again? I think in the end, dude, there are broadcasters who are ruining their brands by going to this well too many times. We're all snowflakes. Both sides. (laughs) Quit saying you're not, because you are. You totally are. You totally are melting in your car right now, as I will melt myself like by reading stuff online like everybody else. He's so right about this. But I fall victim to this, and I I, I started to tell you this, and I got sidetracked. Dude, I got to stop waking up early, grabbing my phone and start typing before I've had before I've gotten out of the bed. Right. Like sometimes I'll roll over, I'll read something and I'll just be pissy and be like, "Oh, you moron." And then next thing I know there's three paragraphs coming out of my thumbs and it's like, "Bro, you haven't even taken the comforter off your body yet." My new rule is, dude, no no Facebook, no Twitter until I'm actually out of the bed, feet on floor. I'm trying to like get better about this kind of stuff. And that's why I'm always yelling at it. I'm not yelling at you guys, I'm yelling at me. This whole thing about me this whole thing (laughs) fix me i need fixed one of the eagles coming off their super bowl win had something very interesting to say about the difference between philadelphia's culture and new england's culture i was surprised by his take we'll give you that next on rock 106.9 your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio music awards now text the keyword lucky to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and message rates apply that's lucky to nine welcome back to the stands ratio i'm rock 1069 we have some canton charge tickets for you fans so give me a little update on what's going on with the charge a little state of the canton charge union i know yeah. the cavaliers have been the talk of northeast ohio basketball recently and rightfully so you know can't charge power by your Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, shout out to the dude John Holland getting some minutes last night in the NBA. It's one of the best things about the NBA G League, dude, is you get to watch these guys up close at the Canton Civic Center, and you get to watch that transition into the next level of play. So, uh, you know, if you're a Hoops fan, I highly recommend you guys come out to a charge game. Uh, this season, we're already into the second half of it. I know the NBA G League All-Star break is uh, is going to be going on this weekend, I believe. So, uh, so now's the time, man. The 20 21st is when they return home, taking on the OKC Blue, and the 23rd, Saturday night, things are going down. And when I say things, I mean Dollar Dog Night. It's brought to you by Sugardale, and dude, it's honestly, it's basketball, it's hot dogs, it's everything that's great about America, getting it done. Cantoncharge.com, get yourself some tickets. We'll pass some out here momentarily. So, the Super Bowl held, uh, was it two weeks ago now? week ago? Yeah, last week, right? Uh, last week, yeah. All right. And uh, the yeah. Eagles, victorious. They won. They beat the New England Patriots, and now an Eagles offensive lineman, Lane Johnson is his name, after winning the Super Bowl, had some interesting things to say about the different, the difference in culture between the Patriots and the Eagles. Now, you hear the word culture thrown around a lot in sports. Yeah. That's a winning culture. They have a, the Browns have a losing culture. Yeah. Right? That guy's a culture changer. You hear this word a lot. It's like a buzz 
you know, word in, in sports, right? Yeah, probably has been overused, but I think it's real. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, a little probably, they go to the well too much with oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but. But, it, but it did come from like a very real thing. Absolutely. Okay. So Lane Johnson said on, on ESPN the other day that the Eagles is just a bunch of guys having a great time playing together. While the culture on the Patriots is players fearing the consequences if they don't do as they're told. He goes on to say that I just think that the Patriot way is a fear-based organization. Obviously, do they win? Hell yes, they win. They've won for a long time. Do I think people enjoy and can say I had a lot of fun playing there? He says, no, I do not. That's just the God's honest truth, he said. They're successful, but when they go into interviews, they act like robots. And then he says a couple other things here I can't really translate for you. He says, we can be cordial for a little bit, but you you only get to do this job one time, so let's have fun while we're doing it. Not to be reckless, he says. And this is where I thought it was interesting. I'd much rather have fun and win one Super Bowl than be miserable and win five Super Bowls. But he says, hey, it is what it is. I think that last statement there, Fantone, is easier said having just won a Super Bowl. Yes. Yes. Than it would have been had you not won it. Because, right, what happens next year when you lose and you don't win this Super Bowl and you're like, yeah, but we still had a lot of fun. And then it's like, well, that wasn't worth a goddamn. Like, what, what are we talking about? It also goes to show you that as critical as we are of athletes now, and we can be so more than ever before via the social networks, that... That is all true, and these players are probably dealing with more hatred than than players of past generations. However, they are also able to say things now, given the culture of society, that an athlete, while I was growing up, could have never said. If an athlete during an interview would have said that he would prefer having fun to winning championships, row. Like, imagine if Michael Jordan would have said that yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, it's like, well, what's your priority of fun? I mean, like, what's more fun to you? Is, like, Tom Brady goofing? would tell you winning Super Bowls is fun. Well, and I guess, like, this guy can tell you winning Super Bowls is fun, too, because, I mean, sure. he's, he's an, NFL, won one. He's an sure. NFL champion. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, this conversation changes because this guy did win. If this was if this was somebody from the Browns saying that, it'd be laughable. But the fact that it's like, no, dude, I can have this opinion because I've got I, I, I've stamped my card here. Um <sighs> But yes, I mean, there, yes, there's 100% a point of like, you, 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 you at a different time would not have been able to have said that. Yeah, no, there, there was definitely a time in this country where you would have been crucified. I think he's right and he's wrong. I, okay. I, I, I think I think both things exist How's here. How's he wrong? Um, I think he's wrong in the sense of having fun at a prof- when it comes to professional sports should not be your top priority. I mean, I understand that like hey, we're going to be better when we like each other. It's going to allow us to have a better, you know, culture. Look at the cats. Right. Right now. Right. Yeah. But having fun can't be the be all end all there. And I think you're you, paid to win. Right. And I mean, I think you look at the Cavs and use that as an example. LeBron's still a very demanding person. Yeah, he likes to have fun, but Kyrie Irving had to leave town because LeBron's too demanding because LeBron wants too much out of his guy. So, like, I think both things can exist as true right now where it's like, is it probably better to have fun on your team? Yeah, but at the same time, it seems like a lot of fun to win five titles, too. If it were me, I think I would be more likely to be in the locker room going, this isn't as fun as it could be, but if I'm going to win five rings, I got a short window, right? 
can't play professional sports real, real long. You know what I mean? There are exceptions, I know, and you can play later in life than ever before because of, you know, the sports science and all that. But you get a window. Outside of Belichick and Brady, who else has been on all those teams? Nobody, right? I mean, nobody else has won five with them, right? I don't even think all the coaches, no. So I think that's a part of it, too, is he's looking at this from the perspective I have a very short window here. I'm not going to have the opportunity to win five. Therefore, I'd rather have fun, win this one, than be a part of the Patriot way, have a miserable time, maybe win one. You know what I mean? It just tells me, like, if I was an Eagles fan, I don't know if I love this. Like, and I know it's going to get excused away because you just won the championship. But... There's this thing where, dude, you're not being paid millions of dollars to go hang out with your buddies. You're being paid to go run a system, beat teams. Now, you did it. So I can't knock you. There's obviously more ways than one to raise a national championship trophy, right? I'm no expert in this. I, Dude, I couldn't even cut it at high school sports. So I'm no expert. But it is. it was at least interesting to me when I read it where I was like, bro, in 1988, you couldn't have even said that. That you would have been called like a quitter. Like you don't have the killer mentality. You don't have it in you. I And so I just thought it was interesting. And if it were me, a short window career, give me more championships because I think ultimately at the end that that leads to more fun. Yeah, maybe week in and week out the practices aren't as good or as fun. Maybe it's harder. But my father would have told me, Daniel, anything worth it in life is not going to be easy, and it probably won't be fun. We do have those Canton Charge tickets for you. We'll pass them out to end the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. We'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow as we'll pull some audio from it and run it for you again tomorrow. But um, I did not want to leave today's show without addressing this. And I think what I'm about to say is going to shock a lot of people uh, if you know what my previous opinions on this particular topic were. But Johnny Manziel is doing like the interview circuit right now. And... um, I guess had said to Good Morning America this morning that he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder um, and a little bit of depression and that he feels as if he had been self-medicating with the drugs and alcohol, which is a lot of doctors will tell you it's why why a lot of people who smoke weed, it's why they're smoking the weed. I was going to say, I feel like that's a pretty common tale with a lot of drug abuse oh, right there. Most people, it, yeah. starts with, it starts with self-medication and it transforms into addiction. And then, oh, I need this know, now. Right. And then it's a dependence and like, and yeah, I think that's very common. I was very critical of Johnny while he was the Browns quarterback because I knew these issues. I, w- I was, as a matter of fact, your boy was early on these issues, was widely criticized by other media members in the market and uh, and in Cleveland as well and by listeners for thinking that I knew too much and I was right and I kept saying guys I've worked very closely with an addict for a long time when you go through it you know what to look for it's not all that hard they're pretty much dude all addicts are pretty much the same person they all have telltale signs you can see it and I felt like I was early on and I was critical because I because he was at the helm of a football team that I care about now that's sports As a person, I want Johnny Manziel to be a healthy person. 
I don't feel as if I'll be wrong about anything if he gets the help he needs and gets clean. I'm not wrong. I'd be wrong now if I said that. But when I was saying it, I'm still right. And so, therefore, I don't feel fine. I want, dude, I'll be rooting for him. I want him to get healthy. I would even like to see an NFL return. Uh, you won't. I was going to say, I feel like that's pretty unlikely, honestly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Great story if he could pull it off. But, like, you step away from the game for long enough, and your priority becomes, like, getting yourself right as opposed to focusing on football. And all of a sudden, you come back three years since you last played. Right. You've lost a step. You're not nearly as mentally engaged as you once were. I don't see Johnny Manziel making it back to the NFL. XFL, sure, but I don't see him making it to the NFL, bro. I'd be weary of a job like that right now just because the stress of that could 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 lead you to a relapse if you're really the most focused on making yourself right you probably had to have come to terms with the fact that a part of getting yourself right is stepping away from football well a job where people give you painkillers right right you're stepping away from this job is this job is probably not the best environment for you as somebody who's trying to recover at least short term you may get there I think the XFL would be a great choice. I know Vince has kind of said, hey, nobody with a record, nobody that's been arrested, none of that stuff. I think he's going to have to walk a lot of that back in the end. I feel like that was one of those things he said early, but as we've kind of gotten away from this, from the XFL initial story initially coming out, um, the less, 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 less and less faith I have in that happening. Now, the that, XFL. It's, now that it's like, oh, well, it's not going to happen until 2020 or whatever. It, it, it just it makes me doubt more that like this it's is, ever going to happen. It's ever going to get off the ground. And if it does, then it lasts more than a year. To me, it just feels like a flash in the pan again. By the time 2020 rolls around and by the time the NFL anthem protests are three years in our rearview mirror. What do we need another league for? What, what are we watching? What am I watching Johnny Manziel play football for? He couldn't make it in the big leagues. That may be true. That there, there are solid arguments inside your point. But ultimately, I'm rooting for Johnny. Yeah. I don't, like, look, my thing was never about him as a person. It was him about the football player being the quarterback of the Browns. It's not like, I have to, like I'm such a dick that I need this guy to die of right, drug addiction. Right. What kind of a-hole are you? We're like, no, I don't want people to get back. No. Why are we talking? Oh, dude, I'll be come his on. biggest supporter, bro. Get clean. Do your thing, dude. And I hope you come back. I, dude, I don't care. I was right when I was right. I, it doesn't mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that the facts of the stories cannot change. Teresa. We'll have another opportunity for you to win your way out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We will end our portion of the day by passing out another pair of tickets for the Canton Charge. We'll take caller 10 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, we're done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.